looking out in this view. I used to like get this is where the project started. So like I just used to like yeah, I've made so much music in this place, so it's a good like headspace. Cause like yeah, I love Chicago, but it's like I don't know, like, like things can get like hectic sometimes. Where, um, I don't really have the headspace that I had that I used to have like in Ohio. So I'm always grateful for that. Uh, my name is John, and I have a solo project called Forest Management, and I currently am based in Chicago. side uh it's like far north so it's like almost as pretty much as far as you can go north before you're like almost in the burbs i'm right off the red line i live with my buddy ed i don't know if you know steve hotchild like we live together in rogers yeah yeah so we're roomies because steve's from cleveland too but he just like moved to chicago last year we have a really spacious place like the benefit of living so far north you know it's like cheaper rent and then like this the buildings up there like super nice like just spacious like train car style apartments um but before that i lived in i lived in uptown for like two years and that was like that was my favorite neighborhood in chicago still that was like what's that it's still north side but like a little further close like closer to downtown version of a cassette that I made back in October it took me a while to get the digital up it was just like seven tapes that I made of some real real to real tape recordings and um, 
yeah, I just made seven tapes and it sold out in like a morning and I just like, yeah, wanted to get something up to, for more people to, you know, hear it. And, um, yeah, so it's not like, not like a huge release or anything, proper release, but, um, yeah, figured I'd throw it up there. When I first started, I uh, I was using MIDI a lot, and I because I got like um, the program that I have been using this whole time, Ableton. It came with a, a MIDI controller that I bought back in 2010. So that's what I got. That's how I got started making my own. Like um, that's when I started like throwing stuff up on Bandcamp and SoundCloud and things like that, and just like sharing with friends. Uh, so it was yeah, it was very much in the box style and like kind of um kind of like still do that a little bit but i'm trying to like probably in 2012 like two years later i started to get into tapes and like um and that was all because of cleveland like the scene here so i started getting into like tape machines bought my first reel to reel and then like i would transfer a lot of music from tape to the software environment in Ableton and vice versa. So it's it's kind of how that developed. in uptown got robbed uh the day that my the day that 21st century man came out um it's just a really weird day and yeah lost the macbook i didn't back anything up so i lost about i lost everything like from you know seven to eight seven to eight years of just like recordings and like tour photos and that was pretty devastating and then i like my friend John Elliott, like he convinced me to put up a GoFundMe. Um, I was a little bit reluctant at first, but then I, I did it and tons of friends and just people I don't even know were donating and that was like incredible. And um, I was able to get a new computer with that 
but like the night before my tour, my Europe tour in September, um, I had the new computer in my backpack and got caught in the rain. So it sustained, like I didn't realize that because it was like covered, like I had it um, like in a case. It was just really strange what happened, but I, yeah, I, yeah. Um, basically flew to Iceland the next day and like um, the laptop was like on on the, on the plane, but then like when I landed, it just wouldn't turn on. So yeah, I got like severe water damage. Uh, so I only had the new one for like a couple weeks basically. Um, but I'm getting another one next month. And uh, yeah, in the meantime, just been going back to tape machines and kind of like doing less recording for the most part. But yeah, it kind of prompted me to get back into tape. cliche but just focusing on the things that really matter and like not like um not dwelling too much on things I don't have control over um I mean I cannot get caught in the rain again <laughs> so just certain you know just being more careful with my stuff and you know I've, I've definitely learned some lessons here so ready to move on and just kind of start fresh and um gonna buy a new mixer and like get some some monitors uh, for my rim in Chicago so just kind of like building a new studio from scratch so I'll be looking forward to that next month rough it was uh yeah it was pretty challenging I just didn't have a way to I had to borrow um a laptop for my performance in Iceland um this guy Marcin Jules he was really kind enough to 
let me use his MacBook. And so I like, he had Ableton on there. So I prepped my set. Um, it was for Extreme Chill Festival in Reykjavik. And like, I went in and yeah, like started playing the set on stage and then my sound kept cutting in and out because I had, I forgot to like install a driver for my interface on his laptop. So like my set basically got cut short and uh, things just kind of like, you know, just, just kind of went downhill. We had a couple gigs that were like canceled, um, people that just didn't get back to us. And it's cool, it just like, uh, Andrew and I, I was, I, was tra- I was traveling with my buddy Andrew Kirshner from Cleveland. And we just got the sense like about a weekend to the tour that um, it would just be, you know, we just had to like head home early. Um, we didn't wanna, we, we tried our best, but you know, you, sometimes you just can't like fight uh, the circumstances. Um, so played like in Iceland, then we played one more show in Belgium, in Antwerp, um, which is like my favorite city in Europe. So that was like, that was a lot of fun. That was a good good note to end on. Um, but I, I had a laptop with me from my day job, luckily. So I was able to use that and uh, play that show, but not really an ideal situation, but could still play music. So um, just mostly used the, that trip to kind of like reconnect with old friends um spent some time in london uh, and dropped some records off at rough trade there and like just um yeah hung in hung in antwerp for like a few days actually and then we just like went home a week early challenging if you don't have strong connects so I'm not really sure how feasible like Europe's gonna be next year but would love to come back if I'm invited like if I can figure out a you know um, even just like one show like a festival or something like that um, definitely down but we just we just lost so much money like we lost like hundreds of dollars I'm not really I'm not even exaggerating so um, just a lot was lost and so I've kind of I've been just kind of trying to use that as like a just a reference you know for for future tours I'm definitely going to be um, touring in the U.S. in 2019 I already got some 
some shows booked, like some out of town, like one off trips. Um, and I'm planning my, um, got a little like short weekender weekend tour I'm doing with my friend Michael from Chicago. Um, he does music as faithful. And then I'm going to be doing a, a tour that'll be announced soon in April um, with a artist that I've been inspired by for many years. So I'm really stoked about that. We're going to probably announce it like next month. Um, but outside of that, like, I don't really have a ton of plans yet, but I'd love to go back. Um, I, we didn't even play a show when we were in London, so um, it's been like, like I haven't played in London uh, since like 2016, and that was, I was playing drums, so would love to uh, get back to the UK, so at least. playing drums when I was in high school and like just like basically which was around the same time I started to listen to music on my own and just like looking for music and uh, started a band uh, with my friends uh, called Royal Waves we were like we played a few shows around Cleveland and like made some music through um, like 2008 2009 or so and yeah like Kind of got my start um, touring as a drummer, um, like 2012. I'd say 2012, 2015. I was like touring different bands and like um, just random like sessions, like recording studio sessions and things like that. Uh, it's not something I've really done in Chicago. Uh, I've just been so busy with like the solo project. You know, I've just been focusing on course management and uh, I'd like to get back to, to jamming drums though that's something I miss and it's just like such a release for me like creatively and like physically too and just like yeah it's a huge part of my like creative life so hoping to get back into it Chicago's a, Chicago's a fantastic city for like jamming with others like people are always down to jam always down to like collaborate and play shows so I'm thinking of getting into maybe like some like improv jams or something, some like free jazz. That'd be fun. When I was in my first band in high school, like we were we make like post-rock music so it's like all instrumental you know like we love like do make say think and stuff and yeah just like like even that music like listening to that music my friends adam and adam like they both introduced me to stuff like that and so like when i started listening to that kind of stuff it made me see drums differently it made me see just like music in general differently and and like there's a lot of 
with some crossovers there, like ambient music and experimental music. So that was kind of my entryway, actually, into experimental music. So I like, and I was like listening to a lot of folk music at the time too, just like songwriters and stuff, and had an acoustic guitar. I was trying to do that a little bit, but like, I'm not a guitarist at all. So like, just stuck with the drums, but like, it's not really uh, trying to do drums like solo is a whole nother thing and um maybe one day but like i was just more into the idea of like electronic music and that was like a a more feasible way for me to like make my own music i think during that time um yeah but like textures like you're really focused more on textures when you're a drummer yeah and like rhythm obviously but textures too um especially doing more like spaced out music so like, just like the sound of a cymbal or, you know, like that was all, I think that was all inspiring me and like making me see like sound uh, a certain way, like kind of earlier on. In high school, I was into like Nick Drake and like Elliot Smith, and um, and then I think like basically right before I started Forest Management, I like discovered like Type Records, which is like a you know John Twelves, it's his experimental label. So I found their website and I was like cruising through there, and there's this artist on there. Actually, yeah, I discovered Type Records through an artist named Peter Broderick, and um, he's like. Yeah, so you know about him. He's like a, you know, he's from Portland originally. So I, I was listening to a lot of Peter's stuff and found Type Records because of that record, um, Home, that was on there. And then he has like other stuff on there too. But um, <clears throat> that was literally like the point where I, yeah, started checking out like weird music labels and stuff. Was through Peter's music and just the idea of like, like, yeah, he was like kind of the soul influence of a lot of um just the idea of like independent songwriting and doing something on your own on your own volition and like using all sorts of sound sources and home recordings field recordings and even had some like you know piano pieces and like some ambient pieces so that definitely was like huge at the time
some other stuff like that was into like John Mueller at the time like it's not really um, folk but he was also on type and I discovered him like but just the idea again of like solo song like solo composition and uh, and then John's played in like a bunch of other groups too that are just all like kind of fringe different genres but um, Grouper was another one um, yeah just thinking about it now is like all through that label really like road trip when I like you know just like driving around like to Pittsburgh and it was like in the autumn time and I was like just driving through the woods and like yeah listening to like Heather and Peter's music it's like perfect Like 
past several years. It seems like for forest management, the computers are the one Yeah, yeah, that's um, it's been the one consistent thing like I've been able to been able to like use and create with. Um, even like having the tape machines, like I can I can um, I can make I can run recordings through the tape machines and like create um, albums through tape. But ultimately, everything has to kind of go through the computer and. Always been like in the studio. That's always what I'm, what I'm doing. But um, like live, live is a different story. I've been uh, continually just like looking for different ways to present the work, like live. Um, and like I've tried to, because when I first started playing shows, I was using the reel-to-reel tape machine, and and then I would, and then I eventually like did a combination of like reel-to-reel and computer. But like, it's like too much sometimes. So I try to like just keep it minimal and like just focus on one thing. If I'm gonna do, if I'm gonna do a laptop set, you know, just laptop, and I'll just like turn all the lights off. You know, I typically play in just like complete darkness or whatever, depending on what the venue is. Um, but yeah, the tape, the tape machines, like I'll put those on a table and just like stand in front of it or something. Um, so it's just like a different. Um, like when I think about live and when I think about like um, recording, it's like two different, two different things, you know. But yeah, the computer's been uh, the consistent thing, and uh, yeah, I'm able to create like a library or a database of sorts of like samples and sounds. Um, so that's a really important part of it too. Like I'll, I end up with a lot of different iterations of like albums and recordings. So um, that uh, having that storage space is really important. So that's another reason that I, I tend to do that. Cause like, if you have like a synthesizer, you can kind of like, there's a way to recall sounds and a way to like save things, you know? So I, I just don't like, yeah, my computer is like really my only way to do that with my stuff. Yeah, yeah, a new factor. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. I, uh, I really enjoyed making that one. Uh, my buddies Jason and TJ put that out. Um, I like 
Yeah, I had a DX7, so I was just like using the certain like organ preset on the DX7, and then I would like process that um, for different like releases. This was like one particular summer, but then yeah, like uh, for rotating angle, I wanted to keep it kind of fairly unprocessed. Um, but yeah, just using that synthesizer because I, I usually like a lot of my sounds are more like software created, I guess, or like sampled. So the idea of just having like, yeah, only, only a synthesizer um, derived sound. Um, and it's kind of like a nice like limitation to, to work off of. So um, like, yeah, the DX7 is just incredible too. I mean, it's heavy as hell, but um, it's like my, uh, my friend Jim Schoenicker gave it to me. Um, like I remember I met up with him like at the hideout in Chicago and like he was just finishing up a show and he like just gave it to me like out of his trunk in his car and I like carried it home like took the bus home and I had to like keep like stopping while I was walking just so freaking heavy <laughs> like um, yeah just that yeah that bulkiness and that like physicality I just love that and like I missed that um, so I'm having more of those like moments recently too and just just physical things um yeah it's a nice like nice change of pace and like yeah the computer is always going to be central but i just kind of want to get to a place where i'm using the computer more so as just like a studio and the sound you know i'm, I'm able to kind of write with like all sorts of you know machines so album with Solaire like you know obviously Will and I we traded files um, with him being in Tokyo like I mean, we actually haven't met in person yet um, I might be going to Japan next year also that's like a real like early thing still but 
um, just to, like meet him and play some shows. But like uh, that was all long distance. And Will and I had been emailing. We've been emailing back and forth since like 2012 because he helped me get my first reel-to-reel machine actually. So we had this kind of long distance kind of pen pal relationship for a while and then like music just came up eventually like collaborating so we just traded through emails he actually sent me some stuff uh, a couple nights ago so we're going to be working on another um, collaborative album together um, for next year the album I did with David Tag um, same thing uh, David's in Georgia right now so we just like traded things back and forth and um yeah just really it's just about like like i'll make a recording and then send it to i would send it to david and he would like process it um with his like chain or whatever and he'd record some guitar on some guitar pieces and then like send them to me and then i'd stretch them out and slow them down or mix them um so that's how we made that one um i would say the album that i did with david was more like more hybrid because literally all of the five tracks for like yeah just both of us at the same time and with the album the landmarks album i made with will um it was a little more um like it was some of the tracks were both of us but other tracks were just Will, and then there's other pieces that were just me. Um, so that was just more like a, a grander vision, I guess, because we we're doing like a, you know, interpretation kind of thing. But yeah, it's like usually just trading wave files and just going at it. I do, I do definitely miss that, um, just being in the same room with someone and having that energy that you're sharing. Um, like the, the two, those two albums with David and Will, definitely like it was good to get those out there, and I was so honored because I've, I've been fans of their music for you know years, and like it was good to kind of get that collaborative energy out of my system. But yeah, I still definitely there's still kind of like a, a desire to like you know jam with someone like live so um it's a little bit weird for me to do that with like uh, ambient music like with my computer tape it's like hard to kind of prepare for that like a live um session but i mean even getting together with um people over like a uh, like a weekend or like you know several weeks or several months to work on something um, you know, if you can plan something out in advance, I think that's like more effective usually, but hopefully like, I think next year I'll be, I think 2019 will be a good year for, um, yeah, just mixing things up and I'm going to invest in some drums probably to try to like 
just have something because I don't have any drums right now. You know? So. experimentation with that and um, 
yeah, wanted to wanted to bring that back. And then, yeah, just calling it after hours, just being really direct with like what it's about, and like just really focusing on on purely just like ambient music, and like, um, yeah, just gonna kind of keep it to 20 copies, you pretty much for each uh, each release, and I'll have everything on the Bandcamp available so people can like listen. But I wanted to start it as like a like first and foremost for Chicago, like for like my friends here, like when I go out to parties and clubs and shows, like um, you know whether it's a whether it's a uh, like a techno night or a noise night in a basement, like whatever it is, like just wanna take these CDs with me, like literally, literally hand them to people, and like just that idea was really what kind of sparked the idea for the label. Um, just like really, yeah, like I love Bandcamp and so I wanted to like embrace that and use it again. Um, I was almost not going to have it, the releases available uh, digitally at all. Just cause like, yeah, the idea of like something handmade, something limited, um, just like throwing it up on Discogs and that's it, you know, like just something in that that I was intrigued by and wanted to try, but um, decided to like put everything on Bandcamp too. Um, just cause this music is so, like Rhyme Trails, so I was just like so stoked to share that with people. And with uh, Martin um, <clears throat> living in Denmark, uh, wanted to make sure that, you know, his friends could also access the music too in order, you know, the CDs. So I just, yeah, went with the Bandcamp, but really, yeah, bring it back to the handmade, um, and then like, yeah, that that personal connection. So what it's really about.
is interesting because if you distribute something in a place, if you think about like an imprint or a label that's like in a lo certain location and it's a part of a scene, you know, it becomes a part of that like place and time. And like, that's a special thing to me. And like, because so much today is like, you know, there's so much content and like so many labels and so many artists and there's so much good stuff out there. Um, but yeah, I just, I wanted to, with After Hours, just really wanted to like create something for a place and a time. Like, I don't know how long I'll be doing that label, but yeah, like, like when I leave Chicago or whenever, that's kind of something that would stay there, you know? And like the CDs that were constructed, like would stay there. And that's kind of the idea with it, just like, um, not trying to make something like super unique or special or anything, just like, um, I think there's like four labels called After Hours already. So it's like, it's, you know, like, and like my friend told me that and I was like, oh dang. But like, um, I'm not so concerned about those details, you know, because it's, to me it's more about like a time and a place and like the, like you said, community. And that's really exciting, you know, to be able to share some, just to create something for, for your community. And also, I think that like, yeah, there's a, there's an opportunity to uh, to kind of like bridge some gaps too, you know, because like, um, I mean, Chicago's been super inspiring, and as far as like cross pollination of scenes, like you get people that are in the in the dance scene and like they're hanging out with people in the noise scene and you know whatever, like it's uh, there's a lot of that going on. So I wanted to also kind of support that. Um, and ambient music is something that is so universal in many ways. Like, it's something that like my friend who's a house DJ would appreciate just as much my, you know, my friend who does modular synthesis would appreciate, um, or my friend that like plays guitar in a band would appreciate. So it's like that idea too. And that's kind of also helped me kind of like, yeah, just like be more um, balanced, I guess, like in my own, uh, idea of my own work um you know as, as i was mentioning earlier just those different gateways and like yeah ways to connect with the music and yeah you just kind of come to realize it's like a lot more like universal than you originally like you know thought it to be so yeah social is a great way to put it yeah it's just a different kind of um function I guess like yeah it's, it's still it's still sound and it's still like you're still engaging people and there's still ways that you can kind of just with like dancing on a dance floor you can kind of people can kind of get into this like trance like thing you know where they're just like in a zone and like not worrying about like what's around them and just like being in the moment and I think that that can still that can also be achieved with uh you know, ambient music and, um, you know, this, this kind of music that we've always considered to be in the background or, or like passive, um, which it can be as well. Uh, but yeah, I just kind of want to encourage that more and like, and just see what happens too, because I have no idea what to expect and I have no idea where things are going, you know, in the coming years. So it's like, just wanted to put it out there and see like who ends up on the label and like um, 
who ends up with the CDs in their hands. So that's a cool thing because they can't predict that and you can't control that. I love playing live, like I love playing shows and going on tour, so I'm always going to be trying to do that. Um, it's been a it's been a longer road, I'll say, to like just find that live setup that's really, uh, you know, hit it out of the ballpark for me. Like I've, um, I mean, I've had some really good shows over the years, like that I've been happy with, but um, like venue is really important when it's something that's so formless like ambient music like you really you know people just have different interpretations of the music and maybe like a visual memory or like a visual component that's in their mind and doing that live like presenting when the art when the actual artist themselves is like performing live it might I don't know like it's a different interpretation yet again just knowing that I can like fully communicate like the project and the the set the live set like and the material um because there's like certain sets for 21st century man and there's certain sets for like when i was you know doing when i put out encounter like a few years ago just like certain vibes that i go for and that's i, I would say that's the thing that changes and usually it dictates what i do live because i'll play like outtakes or I'll just do like different iterations or mixes of like uh, tracks that I've already released. Um, and then like, I also like to just kind of create for that space or that venue. So like, I'll make my set that the night of or the day of, just make it special for that night and then never do that same thing again. You know, so just finding that, uh, I guess finding that component is important. Yeah, I was working like a part-time like job at a hotel, like front desk. And so like I'd have a lot of time at night, like because it was just in my hometown, like there weren't really that many people coming to stay at the hotel. So I'd have like three, four hours every night just to like go on the internet or study or just like think, just like think about ideas. And um, when I decided I wanted to have a project, you know, it's like looking for names. So I had like a list of words that I just like typed up in like Microsoft Word, you know, just like, all right, like, 
gonna pick some names and just stick them together and yeah force major it was like one of those terms I guess that I've been studying or something but um yeah just kind of like taking something and not thinking too much about it um and also just like the the juxtaposition is something that's like very natural sounding to like something that's like kind of like um man-made or you know industrial sounding that's kind of more where it came from yeah and it's nice to like when you make something like whatever it is whether it's a, a band or a project or an album or a song you know and then you just like put it out in the world and then years later yeah it just kind of creates the life of its own um so that's been kind of my way to do that and like i think if i had changed the name or something or you know, I started using my own name, which I may one day, but, you know, it's just been kind of nice to be hands-off with it and just focus more on the albums themselves. And, like, I'm a lot more controlling over, like, how I name my albums and how I, like, name, like, tracks and things like that. Um, and, like, artwork. So that's, to me, that's more, like, the, like, the, the comprehensive, like, arc or narrative arc or vibe of the project. And I think that's the story of it. You know, it's each album, having put out like a you know, larger amount of releases, um, it just, yeah, it kind of uh, reinforces that, I think too. It reinforces the, the narrative, um, which is just my life, I guess. my childhood home and it's called passageways and uh yeah i'm really excited to, to share that with everyone and um kind of going back to more of like the, the things we were talking about earlier um just like not really not dwelling in the past but really like um embracing it for like allowing it to kind of inform the future and um like my my parents have lived in the same like home since I was like four years old and I you know I've always had this home to come back to um I'm there right now actually and like it's a really special thing and you know not everybody has that I realize how blessed I am to have that but like um they're gonna be leaving here soon like in a couple years my dad's gonna be retiring and just moving on to the next thing and so I was just thinking about that last time I was home yeah how home could be you know the, the place that you grew up in that you have so many first experiences in and um 
it's kind of like a a portal into what your life becomes and like a passageway in a sense and um yeah i grew up in an apartment building it's also like yeah literally like passageways and hallways and um i just got to like explore this like this building when i was a kid and um it really fueled my like imagination like earlier on so i like um yeah with this record really just kind of it's like an homage to that really um uh kind of like a little more raw of a sound and approach um using some of the reel-to-reel tape recordings uh that i made in um, october and then um the cover photos the cover of the album is just going to be like a photo that i took um and my old bedroom at my parents so. Thank you. 